Welcome to Conversations on Wealth, hosted by Richardson Wealth, a podcast dedicated to helping Canadians with your total financial picture. Our approach is unique. We examine wealth through a multidimensional lens in order to offer you integrated strategies to grow and preserve the legacy you've built. I'm Sarah Whitmire, Director of Wealth Strategies at Richardson Wealth. Joining me today is Mike Ankers, Director of National Sales at Richardson Wealth. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thanks, Sarah. I'm really happy to be here too. We're going to have fun. I bet. (laughs) So we're going to talk about wealth management today, which I think is a topic both uh, near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, I know I've heard you say that ultimately value-added wealth advice is about making sure that our clients have an attainable purposeful plan so that they can reach their goals and live the life that they want to live. And I know you have a very personal story about that. And I was wondering if we might start with you sharing that. Yeah, I'd be happy to share it. It's really my personal why as to why I chose this career and why I wanted to be in this industry in general. Um, When I was 18 years old, my dad suddenly passed away and my parents didn't have any savings and they certainly didn't have any uh, an investment advisor of any sort. And my mother really took that personally, and she wore the weight of the world on her shoulder. She's raising two boys, and um, now all of a sudden she had to figure this out because she received his life insurance check from his his employer, and it was two times his income. So it's more money than she's ever seen. And um, I remember just she was, her, the fear that she wore over that because of a number of things. One is she didn't know what questions to ask. Yeah. She didn't know who she could help. She didn't want to look silly. And uh, she didn't want to get taken advantage of. Yeah. And I'll never forget, my uncle drove into our driveway one day and said, Joanne, get in the car. And they drove to, funny enough, a Richardson Greenshields office <laughs> in Kingston, Ontario. And she went in and got an investment advisor who said, I'm going to look after this for you. And she came home light as a feather. And it really struck me then because I was always interested in finances as a kid. And I liked that. I liked the idea of, of financial management. But it wasn't until I saw it paired with people that it really struck a chord with me to think it's so much more than just putting money in an account. Uh, it really speaks to how people feel about the, their path going forward and the confidence that they can move forward with. It's, it's about finding a trusted relationship. It really is. From our end, I think it's about helping people. At its core, it's about helping people. And, and whatever shape that looks like, whether it's planning, whether it's investing, whether it's sometimes just being there and talking about something that is completely unrelated to the money in the account. It's it's about helping people. It is. And it's about a, an ongoing relationship because where people need help today is going to be very different from where they need tomorrow. So yeah. in order to have that honest and open relationship, um, you need to be very forthcoming with each other and work toward a future goal. So let's help some people. Great. How can clients ensure that they are getting the advice that is truly in their best interest? What are some of the things they should be looking for in the dynamic with their advisor or if they're shopping the market for a new advisor? How can they ensure that they're getting the best advice possible? That's a really good question. It's something that I get asked a lot inside work and outside of work as well. Um, There's a lot of people out there that say they can help. But it's really about asking yourself the question, what do you want to, what do you want? You know, do you want somebody to just invest your money? Do you want a relationship with somebody? Because not one size fits all. And then you've got to look at your existing relationship and say, is that relationship providing that to me? Um, I always tell people, 
that they need to be open and candid with their advisor. Don't hold back. If something's bothering you, you need to speak up. If you have a question about something, you need to ask. Uh, In this business, we'd all love to be mind readers and be able to predict the future. Um, But uh, we can't. We're dealing with we're people too. Um, A mentor of mine taught me a really important tool that she uses in meetings with people. And she calls it an expectations meeting. Mm. It's a non-confrontational way to get everything out on the table. So if you're not getting what you need from your advisor, it's okay to walk in and say, I was really expecting to get a more detailed plan about how I'm going to get to X. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also okay to say to your advisor, what are your expectations of me? Yeah, great question. Because maybe the advisor didn't read into what you were looking for. Yeah. Maybe they weren't aware. So setting the table on what your expectations of each other are is a very healthy place to go in a relationship. Yeah. And I would suggest that for anybody that doesn't feel they're being well served in their existing relationships, but certainly at the outset of a new relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the challenges that Canadians have is sorting through the noise of our industry to try to find a somebody. And I'm going to digress here for a second, Please. but it's a very relevant story. And of course it, it is. It shaped me. <laughs> Um, believe it or not, when I was younger and lighter, uh, one of my goals was to run a triathlon one year, do a triathlon one year. So I would always, I can run, I can swim, but I'd never been on a bike before. So what do you do when you need to find out about something? You go on the internet and I found great websites for all these different bike shops and I settled on the one and it said, we provide personalized, customized bespoke sound familiar yes and all of these things that they're going to do and the most important thing about a bike is the fit that you get and we find what's right for you and I thought that's what I want I want that personalized service because I don't know what I'm doing I needed somebody to take me by the hand and lead me through this so I went in and I spent a massive amount of money on a bike and the guy said okay come back in a week and it was January and I went into my shorts and t-shirt because I was getting ready for this customized bespoke fitting of my bike and it was sitting at the cash register with an invoice on it. <laughs> and uh, it was what a letdown. It was a, such a letdown because I was very intimidated by it. And I ended up going to another bike shop. I explained what happened and they said, well, let's get this fixed for us. And they, they set up my bike for me. They did it free of charge and they invited me out to a group ride with beginners. So I was I was an investment advisor at the time. And it really stood out to me because I thought, that's exactly what people are looking for when they go to search for a new investment advisor. That's right. We go to the websites and they all say we provide personalized, customized investment solutions to wealthy Canadians, individuals and blah, blah, blah. It's And it says all the same thing. So my advice to everybody is, as you're having these conversations, make sure they actually deliver it. Yeah. And it can come in many forms. It can be, walk me through your process of how you deliver the things that your website says, for example. Um, when can I expect to receive a financial plan? Walk me through how you do that. And great advisors will also have a service agreement where they make a commitment to you. And uh, I encourage a lot of people to do that. Yes, we have a trusting relationship with each other, but let's get it on paper in terms of, you know, in terms of what you want to see from me. And it should be a a two-way agreement. I know advisors need to expect clients to be open and honest with them too. Yeah. What a great summary. I mean, really, it's it's, um, be very clear on what you, if you're the client, what your expectations are. Yes. Don't just hand yourself over to to someone to, you know, do what they feel like with your money. It's your money. It's your money. And you need to have both hands on the steering wheel in terms of. What, where do I want to go? Like, be clear about what, what are your goals? What, what does make you happy? What's the kind of life that you want to live? Yeah. Um, 
And those conversations, even though you don't think that they're important, they're so important for the investment advisor to get to know you and understand what's important to you and how you want to be dealt with. That's right. And, and a good investment advisor will help you draw that out as well. So coming into a generational plan, you know you want your kids to be better off than you were, for example. And that's a goal that a lot of people have. But you don't know exactly what that means. No. So a great advisor, if you have that open and trusting conversation, can talk you through that. Okay, well, let's let's break this down. Yeah. Okay, so you've got two children, all right? Are they equal? Do they think the same? You know, I have two young girls at home, and I know one will save a penny and the other one will spend two. And uh, so whenever the day comes that I'm planning for them, it's uh, they're going to be very different approaches and advisors will help you have that. And what is the best approach for for your family? And as you see fit, I want to turn the uh, turn the page for a moment. Mm -hmm. At our firm, we talk about unbiased advice. And and I think um, for the for for clients, people would say, of course, it's unbiased. It's in my best interest, not your best interest. Of course, it's unbiased. But we really mean something a little different about that when we say unbiased. And I was wondering if you could expand a little bit on that and why really searching out for unbiased advice is so important to clients. They Again, I think most clients don't even think about that. They think, of course, you're an advisor, you're going to advise me. But what's the difference between advice and unbiased advice? That's a great question. And fortunately in Canada, regulators are really starting to uh, push all firms in the direction of of better disclosure of of potential conflicts or where it might be unbiased. I think for us is we believe in the value of advice to Canadians, and ultimately we're a business, and that's what we want to be paid for first and foremost. If you look at the reason why certain companies exist, they exist to sell products, and we don't exist to sell products. Again, I go back to that: we want to get paid for advice. So there are some places that uh, take it, maybe perhaps it'd be a, a mutual fund company who would hire representatives to sell their funds. And the clients are getting, in many cases, great plans and great advisors, but they're very limited to what they can actually receive uh, based on their advisor's platform. So it might just be mutual funds. It might just be mutual funds from one company. Where at Richardson GMP, our belief is that if we're going to truly do what's best for the clients without bias, we should have a choice to use any product we wish. Um, and I say that I say that carefully. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. On platform. Yes. What, it's an industry word. What, what do you mean by platform? Great question. It means the tools and resources available to you to service clients. Okay. So I look at platform as what products and services we have available. So we at Richardson GMP have a tax and estate planning group. That would be part of the platform that we can then offer to clients. Um, We have great portfolio managers who will put together portfolios for clients. Um, We have great online access and we have all these different things. And and the suite of those things to provide clients with advice is what I view a platform as. So it's like a, um, a fruit bowl on the kitchen island. Yes. That has apples, oranges, bananas, avocados. Correct. The bigger, the bigger <laughs> and more varied that basket is, the better choices and selections we'll make. If it's just a basket of bananas, then bananas is what's going to end up in my portfolio. I think that's a great scenario. So picture now a house party. The more in your basket, the more people you can help. There you go. So that's, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Um, biases can also come from the way someone is paid. 
if they are paid to do one thing more than they are paid to do another thing, there is a natural inclination to do the thing that maximizes your own personal value. Uh, some people are very good at spotting this and being aware of it. Um, other people aren't, but I think it's important for clients to understand how their advisor is paid. We do disclose in our industry more than ever exactly what compensation you're getting paid for. Um, but if I'm as a manager and setting a compensation system for advisors that that pays people more to do one thing versus another, I'm putting a bias in the advisor's hands. And we're very careful at our firm to avoid that at all costs. You you would think regulation would prevent that from happening, period. But I, I know you're right that, that that does happen at some firms, that some investment product is compensated more richly than, than others. And yeah. so there's a natural bias of the advisor to sell those things that pay them more. Yeah, I, you know, in any in any industry, compensation drives behavior, and yeah. our industry is no different. So it's very important to have that frank conversation up front about how somebody's paid, and uh, and good advisors will be very very candid about it. Um, we don't have to hide behind what we're getting paid. We need to be for, forthright about it, and you, the client, can decide if you're getting value for what you're paying. Yeah, and and it's I, I don't think any client expects investment advisors or wealth advisors not to get paid for the advice and the work that they do. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a question that I think as an advisor, we should make sure that we're completely upfront about, because I think it's an, an expectation that of course someone's getting a lawyer gets paid, a doctor gets paid, uh, an accountant gets paid. Of course we get paid yes. for the advice and the work that we do. So it's a question that as a, an advisor, we should really embrace and, and a client should not be afraid to ask because in fact, I, I think it needs to get out on the table. It needs to be, and and I think as you rightly point out, problems exist when it is a mystery. That's it right. It is the elephant in the room. Confidence comes from understanding things clearly. And how can you be confident without that conversation? Yeah. Um, I often use the example of a used car lot. If two people go in and buy the same car, do they get the same price, or do you always feel a little bit icky that you could have done a little bit better? Yeah. And it doesn't, that's why used car people get their, <laughs> you know, get the reputation. Um, it's not always forthcoming what they're making and why. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we need to be, we need to stand above that. And like I said earlier, fortunately, regulations are pushing people in the right direction. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to inject a little um, uh, fact about women as clients. Apparently women as clients are are really not afraid of asking how much something costs. And, and I think sometimes advisors are a little taken back by that and, and they shouldn't be because women aren't afraid of paying for things that are of value to them. Men aren't either, but it is a, a dynamic of women as clients that they're actually quite forthright about asking and, mm-hmm. and good on them. They should lead the way on asking how much something costs. I, I couldn't agree more. I think personal pride gets in the way that if I have to ask, they'll be thinking that I don't have much or yeah. that I'm, you know, it, it's these preconceived notions. Yeah. You wouldn't go buy a fridge without asking how much it costs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So on that note, um, how does wealth advice factor in making sure that our clients can maintain their wealth into the next generation? It's a very big question. It is. Um, so let me start with... What does the client want? So we'll jump right to you. You've established a great relationship with your advisor. You're open and candid and you've sort of flushed out what's happening. Um, There are tools that they can use, whether it be investments or tax planning and a financial plan to meet certain goals. But then you got to dig one step deeper. If you're if you're planning for the next generation, what does that mean? 
So it might be crafting a different plan for each of your children. Mm-hmm. You know, we've dealt with things where um, some people might have um, uh, incapacities that, that won't allow them to deal with their own money. So mom and dad might be faced with the decision of, Yes, you know, uh, Sarah is, you know, very capable. But for Mike, we really need to set up a a trust to look after them uh, for their long term care. Mm -hmm. It becomes very, very individual and great advisors can help you make those decisions to make that happen. Um, One of the things, sadly, and and you know this from our business, after things happen, it's too late to plan for them. Yeah. And I can if I've learned one thing in this business, Regardless of how difficult the conversation is up front, Mm -hmm. a difficult conversation or sorry, a conversation after the fact is far more difficult. That's right. Um, And, you know, for example, I let me use a a story that I came across with a client years and years ago. Mom and dad wanted the family farm to stay in their family for generations. So they sold it to their son and his wife um, for a greatly reduced price. And it was very good. They were a young couple, got married, they had kids and they were bringing up on this farm Well, as quickly as they fell in love, they fell out of love. (laughs) And the farm um, had to be sold for market value, which was greater extent than what mom and dad had sold it for. So not only they lost the farm, um, they lost a significant amount of the family wealth that was built up in that farm. Yeah. And it was a really sad story to watch. And, and I'm not here advocating a prenup agreement or whatever, but there, there, you know, a proper plan in place could have kept that farm in the family. Yeah. Which is what they really intended. And um, bad plans never start with bad intentions either. No. Um, I've always said if I write a book at the end of my career, it'll be as with all things that started with the best of intentions. (laughs) It's my opening line. (laughs) Spoiler alert. That's a good one. I think um, when I first started in the business, um, there was someone that I learned by. and, And that person said to me that one of the most... Uh, key questions to ask a client in, uh, you know, the, the, the first couple of meetings is what's the money for? For most people, it's not just about the, the zeros and the dollar sign. And, and it, it really is money's a tool. And what's the money for? Whether it's to protect the family wealth or build the family wealth and make sure that it, it transitions to the next generation. Is it to... Um, look after incapacitated or special needs or things mm-hmm. that are unique to that family situation. But what's the money for is, is a great question. And um, I would say to a client, if your advisor isn't asking that, make sure at least you've got that in your brain and you can, you can talk to it because it's so important to get out there in terms of building the plans and in terms of building the strategies to work for you in the future. That's true. Um, the what drives the how. Yeah. And not in reverse. Exactly. Exactly. If without defining that, it's really hard to find where you're going. So let's talk about digitization for Mm -hmm. a moment. It's a big word. It's a word that um, is becoming more and more used in the wealth management space. How do you see it impacting wealth management now and the future of wealth management? And can it support the advisor serving our clients or does it replace the advisor serving our clients? Great question and very topical. I know we hear a lot about robo-advisors and all of these platforms that are coming out. And and I think they do have a, a piece in our industry and, and play an important part, each of them. From our perspective, digitization makes it easier for people to do business with us. And if to, to go back down the road with a little history lesson, clients used to pay us for access to information. 
So you paid a brokerage commission because you needed to access the stock market through your stock broker. And what is that commission for? That commission was for one access to the proprietary research he or she provided you. And three was scarcity. You had to go find somebody to sell you the stock or or let or buy the stock from. Um, that sounds ridiculous to probably many people listening to this, but that's the way it was. And now fast forward, all of that stuff's free. And people have unlimited access to all of that information in real time. And that's the big value of digitization. So from a client's point of view, you now have access to everything that was once you had to pay for. Now what you're paying for are things that you need from an advisor. And that is the value of advice. Mm-hmm. It's really switched, hasn't it? It has, and every different aspect of our industry has changed from it. So we are still very much a paper-based industry, but that's changing quickly. So it it was booklet upon booklet and piles of paper to get somebody to sign up for an account. Digitization can put all that in a very easy-to-read format. It can be saved for you at some place where you're not going to lose it when you take it home. And, you know, your signature can be on file and make it all very clear and easy for you. So opening an account can be less about the paperwork and again, more about the conversation with the clients. Yeah. I I think it's really um, not a question of uh, digital or advice. It's, it's and, and, and I think going forward in the industry, it's going to be how firms combine digital engines and digital tools, um, ease and quickness of information, um, ease of financial planning and being able to sit down with a glass of wine on a Friday night and, and say, well, what if I did retire five years earlier? What if I did retire five years later? Mm-hmm. What does that do to my retirement plan? I think, um, in, in my view, it, it is, it's not digitization or a human. It's both. I, I, I couldn't agree more. The digitization just makes it easier to get what you need readily on your own time. Yeah. And and I'm one of those people, my personal thinking time is is at night or on the weekends. And that's when my investment advisor is not in the office. Right. So, but when I do need him, he's there. And I reach out and we have a conversation. Um, you know, it's the start of the year. We've just done TFSA contributions and we're talking about everything going forward for this year. That's stuff I need to talk to him about. Right. Um, I don't need to ask him what my balance is because I can just look that up online. Right. You know, right. It's very, very easy, but I, they do really work together. And for those that are looking for a fulsome relationship should expect excellence of both. Right. Okay. So if there are individuals listening to us today who don't feel as though they're receiving the full value of wealth advice, so they've listened to us and they're going, Oh gosh, you know, I'm not getting any of this or I'm getting some of this. I need more of this. What are some of the steps that they can take for themselves? Let's give them some actionable steps. Uh, breaking up is never hard to, or never easy to do. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's a song. It is. It's in my head when you say that. Um, it, so the, the truth is, is that I, I would always recommend that people open up the lines of communication. I, I firmly believe that everybody has best interests in mind. So um, I would sit down and have a conversation with my advisor about why it's working or why it's not working and see if something can change. Um, if you're already past the point where there's a lack of trust, then look for another advisor. Yeah. Um, ask your friends, you know, if, if you're comfortable doing so, do you know somebody? Because word of mouth is really where we get most of our referrals from. If you have a center of influence, such as um, an accountant or a lawyer, they will typically have professional uh, dealings with with investment advisors. Um, 
and then ask around. You know, you might want to find some websites or might be um, a firm that you're that you're curious about. But just, but go and search and find somebody in your area. When you first meet with them, um, be very again go be very clear about your expectations. It's okay to walk away from that meeting if you're not comfortable and politely tell the person, I don't, you know, I'm going to try something different. It's difficult, which is why people stay with bad advisors for years and years yeah. and years. And yeah. it's, uh, and it's terrible. I, I, I get frustrated to see it. Um, it's the same with real estate agents, you know, any, any professional services people stay with because they don't know how to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe in professional courtesy. If, if something's not working, say so. And, and, you know, the best course for you is to try to fix what's not working. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, seek an alternative. And there's lots out there. Yeah. And it's not just about the price, right? It's not just about the fee. I mean, if it was just about the price and all about the fee, we would all be, you know, we wouldn't be drinking Starbucks and we wouldn't be, you know, uh, paying up for this or that. It's not about the fee. It's about what you're getting for the fee. You need to make sure there's value for the fee. But I I think that's one of the biggest disservices that... um, you know, some of the advertising uh, that it, that is playing now does to our industry is that it's not just about the fee. It, it's about what you're getting for the fee. And if that if that value is right for you. That's right. And it, it, again, what are you what are you looking for? If you're just looking for pure investment management and you never want to talk to anybody or think about it again, don't pay an investment advisor. Exactly. Save the money. Buy yourself something nice. If you do want more of a relationship, then that will come at a cost. Yeah. Um Anything that you get for free, you got to question why it's free. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, interestingly, we had a client come to me years ago and he asked for a, a frank conversation and he said, my current investment dealer um, has never all of a sudden has offered me this free plan. And um, he said, I don't believe in free. I'm a business owner. I don't give away anything for free. So I have to believe there's something in it for them. <laughs> And uh, he was right. There is something in it for them. And I know exactly what they were looking for. But um, he ended up planning through us because he just wanted a plan that was about him and he was happy to pay. Yeah. So his advisor worked with him to get a plan in place. He had multiple businesses. So there was generational issues. There was cross-border issues. And uh, our team put it all together for him and said, here it is. And this is what you're paying your fee for. He knew exactly what it cost, what he gets for it. And we've got a great relationship with that client to this day. Um, it, It was unbiased. It wasn't free. And it was all about him. Yeah, exactly. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up today? I'm very passionate about this business. I think that uh, more people deserve to have great advisors. And um, we're always trying to raise our standards at our firm at all times. And uh, I would just say to clients, if you're not comfortable, it means you're not going to be comfortable for a very long time. Get your peace of mind. I go back to my mother. She's never worried about money ever since that one day where she first got an advisor. And she still has one to this day. And she greatly values that relationship because twice a year, all she cares about is, am I doing okay? She gets a, yes, you are. And here's why. And she'll probably cut her advisor off at that point and she goes away and smiles for another six months yeah and that's the kind of relationship she wants she just she doesn't 
it's the money second to just that peace of mind that things are being looked after. And I think a lot of people are like that. They just want that, that relationship to say that everything's okay. If you're not getting that, you're doing yourself a disservice and your family a disservice. And uh, a good advisor can help you have those difficult conversations with your old advisor if you do want to move. Yeah, exactly. It's about a partnership. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Like any other. Defined on your terms. On your terms. And it's dependent on communication and, and mutual respect uh, for each other's positions and, and what you need from each other. It's uh, It can be a very powerful thing. When we attend client events, it's more like, a, well, they're happier than family gatherings, if you're <laughs> depending on your family. But uh, you, you meet these clients with great stories about how they've been helped over the years by their advisor. And it's it goes beyond a professional relationship. They're friendships and it's it's a family relationship after many, many years. Yeah, well, that's awesome. At our firm, we see wealth advice as a partnership between clients and advisors. We make sure you're comfortable in your situation because ultimately we're here to help you live the life that you want to live. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website for articles and videos or speak to an advisor. Remember to follow us on LinkedIn for information on wealth strategies. Conversations on Wealth is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for listening. I so enjoyed having you here today, Mike, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks very much. Thanks.